You know, as human beings, we have a natural propensity to get out of pain, to move out of the way if we possibly can. And we learn that very young. I know for myself as a, as a kid, uh, I learned to move pretty quickly when dad went on the warpath about one of my many, many misdemeanors. And, uh, and I would scurry, I'd scramble, I could, I'd literally fall over myself to get out of the way uh, of, of impending pain. When dad went to apply the, uh, the, the hand of learning to the seat of knowledge, as they say, or the, the seat of understanding. And so uh, I think we learn it very early, but I'm not sure it always serves us well. You know, there are times when, yes, we need to get out of destructive circumstances that cause pain. But at other times, we just want to live at ease. And I'm not sure that's always the best thing. As a matter of fact, I've seen people lose their footing, lose their, their place in life when they try and avoid circumstances that if they determined to push through them, they'd actually grow. It's a little bit like losing your footing on a train. You know, if you've ever been on um, passenger trains, I've, I've traveled on numbers of them in different countries of the world, and, uh, and you learn pretty quickly. There's, there's this temptation to move towards the door as you get to the station, but you learn pretty quickly that if you're not careful, that train pulls up, there's that little lurch after it stops even, and you end up hugging a stranger. It's far better to just keep... Uh, Keep there right through to the end and it's time to exit the vehicle. And I think life's a lot like that. When I think about my own journey, I'm not sure I've ever grown personally in an easy season, but I can tell you, I know I've grown heaps in difficult seasons, in circumstances I may never have wished upon myself, but I chose to go through or I had no choice and I had to push through determined to do it with a great spirit and a great attitude. And when I've done that, that has always grown me as a person. It's always um, left a deposit in my life. And I believe that's the same for every one of us. As a matter of fact, if I, if I apply that principle and I look at the life of our church, of New Hope Church, I think we, we are what we are today because of numbers of core couples, key families who have just stayed through thick and thin. They've been there in bad sermons. Hopefully they've heard a few good ones too. They've been there in capital campaigns when we've raised money for facilities or when we've raised money for missions to go all around the world. They've been there as we've done big community outreaches, just volunteering and making things happen. And it's been pushing through every season, not just the, the easy ones and the fun ones, but the difficult ones that's actually brought the strength of character to, to our faith community that we enjoy to this day. So I believe there is a very real and powerful principle of standing our ground through the pain. And, and I want to talk to us today, speaking of that, and I want to talk to us about counterintuitive growth. Counterintuitive. When, when everything within you is screaming move, sometimes it's best to stay. Now, I understand there can be circumstances, things like abuse. You, you, I'm not saying or suggesting you should stay there. But there are a lot of circumstances where we're better off keeping our footing and pushing through and we end up growing out of it. In a sense, I want to talk about not just surviving pain, but outliving it. Outliving 
pressure. And I think there's a huge difference between those two thoughts. I mean, to survive something is to sort of scrape through with what, you, what you've got, to scrape through with what you had at the beginning. But to outlive something, to outlive difficult circumstances, is to come out the other side uh, as a bigger person, as an enlarged person, as an increased capacity person. And I believe that's possible for each one of us. As a matter of fact, this was a prayer that was prayed by the Apostle Paul for the church in Colossae. And I want to read from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And, and this is Paul's prayer for the church. And he says this, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, Paul's saying, we pray that the lights would come on concerning what God's got for you. And then he says that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And that is in line with God's will and purpose for us is that we live fruitful lives. But what I want to focus on is this, this last sentence. And Paul says that you would be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering and joy. Basically, Paul's prayer ends with the desire that they be strengthened in might according to God's power at work in them. And then he says, what for? This is why I want God's power to work in you. And by God's power, Paul most likely meant the Holy Spirit of God working in them. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. And it wasn't to work miracles. It wasn't to cast out demons. It wasn't to do these big, flashy, miraculous things that sometimes we equate with the work of the Holy Spirit. But it was for patience. Paul was saying, I pray the power of God would work in you so that you could have patience. And not only that, that you would have long suffering. And that's an old word for perseverance. You would be able to persevere or stickability. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to work in you. And he says, with joy attached to it, patience, long suffering, the ability to stick, push through with joy. In other words, not to do it tough, but to actually be able to do the tough seasons with a spirit of joy. And I think in this climate, in these days where life has been in some ways put on hold in so many ways, Plans have been, you know, laid aside. Dreams have been dashed in different ways. People have been affected uh, in different ways by this whole COVID season. I think this is an incredibly relevant word. And interestingly, it focuses on qualities. Paul's focusing on qualities of our character that modern society seems to have done its best to eliminate with our whole instant access kind of culture going on. Uh, you know, for everything from the internet to Uber Eats. We want instant access. We, we, you know, we don't want to be put on hold. And also, uh, you know, the determination in our society to remove any sense of discomfort. Uh, that, you know, that's a natural human thing. And we do it so well in our society, uh, even from speech. If you think about it, what is what is politically correct talk? 
It's basically code for you can't say anything that might, some, might make someone uncomfortable, whether it's true or not. It is a little bit insane how we have become, you know, so characterless in these features. It seems we've done our best to eradicate the need for these strengths of character. And in the middle of all of that, Scripture speaks to us. And really what Paul is giving us in one sense is a formula for what to do when things are beyond our control. Now, so what do you do when you can't control your circumstances? You can't control your situation. Well, first up, what I see in this scripture is God has prepared you for it. You can actually do it. He can strengthen you. He wants to strengthen you. It was the prayer of the apostle to the church is that we would be strengthened no matter what we were facing. Uh, and so I want to break this down. I want to look at these three things. Here's three things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you. And if you can partner with God's power at work in you, you can grow counterintuitively. You can grow against the season. Things that you thought might wreck you can actually make you a bigger, more capable person on the inside. And the first thing Paul says you need to do, allow the Spirit to do in you, is practice patience. Man, that is not a word that is loved in our society. Patience. In other words, wait it out. That's what I'd like to say. Wait it out. That's what Paul is saying. Wait it out. Some things just need time. They just need patience. There's no substitute. As a matter of fact, Scripture says about the promises of God that we, through patience, inherit the promise. So if you want something to come into your life from God, you're going to need patience. Scripture says that's how it works. You know, a great example of uh, a life pushing through that might need patience and, and then reap the reward is marriage, without a doubt. I mean, what a difference, anyone who's married here, what a difference a day can make. And I've learned that my, my long-suffering wife, Sue, eventually comes around and sees my finer human qualities. Sometimes she just needs to have a bit of patience. And this is what Paul says. This is something, no matter what circumstance, it might not be marriage for you. It might be business. It might be work. It might be your study. It might be your personal life. Somewhere in your life, patience will pay off. Let the Spirit of God work patience in you. Second thing Paul tells us to do is tough it out. You know, let, and it's not so much him saying you need to do it, but allow the Spirit to do this in you. In other words, long suffering uh, or, or perseverance, that modern word perseverance. You need to persevere. You need to tough it out, wait it out and tough it out. When you find yourself in difficult circumstances, you know, as long as it's not something that's life threatening or abusive, then maybe consider planting your feet, going through, wait it out, tough it out. Sometimes you just need to grit your teeth in life. And I know this might not be a popular message uh, uh, because I love you. I'm telling you the truth. I've learned it in my life. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we just have to grit our teeth in the, the old Aussie colloquialism. Take a cup of concrete and just push through it. Tough it out. Choose 
the hard yards, go through, not around. All of these things speak to this spirit of perseverance that the Holy Spirit can engender in our character. Um, and this is applied can be applied to so many areas of life. Uh, any student knows this. If you're a student and you're determined to get through a course, maybe you're at uni, you know what it takes. Maybe you've been through uni and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It takes perseverance to make it through, but it's so worth it. Business startups are another place where this whole concept of pushing through, persevering, toughing it out, it it's what is required to make it work. And, and once again, marriage. Of course, I see Sue gritting her teeth quite a bit, as a matter of fact. And so I'm probably going to really pay for this message afterwards. Do you realize that? And so these are qualities that Paul is saying the Holy Spirit wants to work in you as you go through difficult times. The last thing, though, he says, and I think it's a key, he tags on the end, joy. In other words, with a smile, without losing your smile. Go through these things for sure. Be patient for sure. Tough it out. Push through. Wait it out. Tough it out. Hey, but do it without losing your smile, your inner beauty, your composure, your sweet spirit. Don't let life bend you out of shape. Determine to not let external things make you who you are. I think we can choose our response in any circumstance, given circumstance. You know, your giving nature, your cheerful outlook, keep all those things. Paul says this is a work of the Spirit in you. In another place in the book of Galatians, he actually calls joy a fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And joy is not to be confused with happiness because ha happiness sort of depends on happenings. That's where we get the word from. So if the happenings around us are, are, are good for us, then we tend to be happy. But joy comes from somewhere so much deeper. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I believe joy is a choice. It's a disposition. It's a little bit like attitude. You know, with your attitude, you can be in a certain set of circumstances and you can choose to find the negatives or you can determine to find the positives. That is choosing our attitude. And I would encourage us, make sure that you do exactly the same thing with your joy. Choose joy, even in the difficult times. Pick a specific situation right now. If you, if you want to understand what I'm trying to bring across, you can pick a situation right now and think, I need to inject joy into that. It might be difficult, but I need to find joy somewhere to make it bearable. And interestingly enough, when Paul says all these things, as straight a message as this is, he's saying it to people who were, were being sorely tested in the Roman Empire of that day. I mean, in very physical, life-threatening ways. Persecution in these days for these people Paul was writing to was not being called out on Facebook. It was being uh, threatened with being crucified, not metaphorically, but literally, for proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord instead of acknowledging Caesar as Lord. And so Paul was writing to people who knew the stakes. They knew the pressure. They knew what difficult times looked like. Yet he made no apologies in encouraging them. Hey, 
come on, wait it out, tough it out, and do it without losing your smile, without losing your joy. So here's some questions to apply the message for us this morning. You know, if you want to grow counterintuitively against what might be seen the natural thing to do, then here's some questions we can ask ourselves. What situations am I currently involved in where the best thing I can do is simply slow down, stop pushing, and give it time? In other words, practice patience. What situations are happening in my life, in my world right now, where patience is a better way forward? The next thought is where am I trying to avoid pain and pressure when embracing it and accepting it would actually increase my capacity as a person? Where is that in my life? If there's somewhere, and I'm not talking about abusive situations, but there's somewhere where I think if I, if I just grit my teeth, this will grow me. And finally, of all the moments I face in my week, this is a great question to ask yourself. Where do I most need to choose joy? To inject joy. You know, most of us have a circumstance or situations that are a little bit repetitive through the weeks. And some of those things, they can either get you down or you can find joy in the middle of them. And the Apostle Paul is challenging us to find joy to allow the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to bring joy out of our, you know, the deepest parts of our heart. So as we finish today, you know, I just want to, I want to encourage you, and I guess I want to say it really strongly. No excuses. Just keep it together. Determine to be whole. Don't allow the luxury of self-pity. We can't allow ourselves that luxury. You know, for, for many of us, it may be justified. We may be doing it tough. The only problem is there's absolutely no help at a pity party. There's, there's, there's no joy there. There's no life there. There's no growth there. There's no help. It will not get us into our future. But determining to, to practice patience, determining to practice long-suffering or perseverance, determining to keep our joy, will grow us in any circumstance. So I'd like to pray for us today, if I could. And Father, I thank you for everyone who's here, everyone who's with me right now in these moments. And, uh, and Father, I pray for them, and, and particularly for those who are going through difficult times, pressured times, Wherever those pressure points are in their lives, Father, I, I pray you would meet them there. And I do pray. I pray the prayer of the Apostle Paul. I pray that your power would work in us and strengthen us, strengthen our resolve, strengthen our ability to be patient where it's needed, strengthen our ability to push through and to persevere where that's needed. And strengthen, Father, the, the life of your spirit within us, bringing joy, bubbling to the surface, I pray for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and hey, you, you might be with us today and possibly you haven't experienced 
God's power at work in you in the way that I've been talking about it. It's a little bit like I'm on my own when it comes to how I address life and how I respond to life. Uh, can I encourage you that God wants to place his spirit in you to animate your life, to bring life to you, to bring uh, renewal to you, to refresh you. And that all begins when we open our heart to Jesus Christ, his son. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. If you're with us here today, in the simplest of ways, if you're open to this friend, if you've been on a bit of a journey with us over this season, and you would say, you know, Chris, I think I'm ready to open my heart to Jesus. Just do it in the simplest of ways, sitting right where you are. Just open your heart. Maybe say things like, Jesus, just come into my life. I need change. I need you to strengthen me. I need to know what it's like to have your power at work in me, and I'm open to that. So come into my heart and help me to follow you. You know, make something that like that, that simple. Make that your prayer and allow God's spirit to work in you. And our hosts are going to, uh, on the online service, are going to put a comment in there and uh, you're able to like that comment or maybe go back to our Connect Hub. If you've made that decision, let us know because we want to help you. We want to try and get a Bible to you and maybe we can answer some questions that you might have about following Jesus. Well, it's been fantastic to be together. Thanks for spending the time. I'll hand you back to our hosts.